Right. Hello and welcome to Dark Alignment Podcast. I am Brittany. And I'm Aruka Rose. And we are a true crime astrology podcast. We are. Um, <laughs> we are, for sure. Um, this is season two, episode 11, which is very exciting. Um, Almost about to finish this season. Yes, which is mm-hmm. just, it's crazy that we've been doing this for over two years now. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of wild. So please, if you are viewing or listening to this, because there is a visual component to this podcast on YouTube, um, and then we're on all the other platforms too, but please like, follow, subscribe, rate, review, do all the things. We're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're on TikTok, um, we're both personally on there. I'm mm-hmm. at Britt Oakley, mm-hmm. at Aruka Aruka Rose. Rose. We have, you know, the... Dark alignment TikTok. The dark alignment, all the places, all the things. It's all connected, so you can really find us. If you mm-hmm. find us in one spot, we have Linktree. And we you do have Linktree. It's all connected. We got. You can go on Linktree and see all of our things. Yeah. Um, I don't have my readings on there yet, but we're getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, like That's one of our goals uh, because you can book a reading with either one of us. Mm-hmm. I do tarot energy readings and dream interpretations. Mm-hmm. And then I do tarot, rune, um, and mainly astrology readings, of course. So also, you can join our Patreon if you want extra bonus content. We just did a live for our Patreon people where we talked about big announcements that we have coming up for the next episode for the finale and for season three. So we are doing some huge stuff. Um, If you want to know. uh, If you want to be in the know, get on our Patreon. Yes, it's very R plus P. It's very rich and very popular. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, lots of big things coming for season three. But we'll go ahead and get into the episode because yes. this is Amy's signature episode. I'm really excited. H.H. Holmes. Yes, we are doing H.H. Holmes today. He's one of my favorite uh, stories. And I still don't remember that much detail. So. But I'm excited that this is one that you're the most familiar with, probably out of all the stories Maybe. we've done. <laughs> Um, and also, we did talk about H.H. Holmes in our crossover special that we did earlier in the season with the Astral Chat podcast. I think that was season two, episode two. I'm pretty sure. Um, but we all shared kind of our favorite story and did like a mini look at mm-hmm. um, each of our each of our choices for like worst serial killer, most hated kind of uh, vibe. So check that out if you haven't. But I'm going to start off with my sources, and there's quite a few um, here that I can't specifically list because I did do the thing where I binge a bunch of H.H. Holmes material for like several hours, and I'm just consuming it all after I complete my research. So there's extra things that I wrote, like handwritten on here, of like, mm-hmm. oh, I like this, and I did not mm-hmm. do a great job I add that in. of tracking yeah. the sources, but... Wikipedia, as always, please donate if you use Wikipedia at all. Um, a documentary called H.H. Holmes, America's First Serial Killer. There's a really good documentary on Hulu called H.H. Holmes, Original Evil. Um, and then, like I said, wow. like a whole bunch of other YouTube documentaries um, that are that are pretty good. There was one specifically that I sought out that um, talked about whether or not H.H. Holmes was Jack the Ripper. So we'll talk a little right, bit about yeah, that in there's here. Right, yeah, because there's a potential to be connected to yes. another. There's murder. a lot of speculation. Mm-hmm. Um, but potential. he had, yes, mm-hmm. alleged potential. Alleged potential, possible, maybe. Maybe, perhaps. 
<laughs> but his claim to fame, like kind of the big things that you will hear just in pop culture about H.H. H. Holmes, he had a lot of different names that he went by at different points of his life. So Herman Webster Mudgett was his original name. We know him as Dr. Henry Howard Holmes. Um, so H.H. H. Holmes, that was his, what he ended up with for the remainder of his life. He was an American serial killer during the mid to late 1800s. His number of victims could be anywhere between 10 and 200, which is terrifying. Um, The killings took place in Chicago in like a fucking murder castle that he built specifically to facilitate these crimes and these acts. Which is so horrible and impressive. It's horribly impressive is what it is. Yes, absolutely. Ugh. Um, So he was described as being an evil genius because he was obviously very intelligent. He was a doctor. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't get there from being unintelligent Mm -hmm. by any means. Um, He had a lot of ambition and a lot of drive. He was also a big-time con artist. So here we go. We're getting into it. Trigger warning. So much murder. We're dealing with a a lot lot of murder in this. We're dealing with a murder castle, y'all. So... Buckle the fuck up. Here we go. Um, So he was born May 16th, 1861 in Gilmanton, I don't know, New Hampshire. New Hampshire. New Hampshire. (laughs) Um, So when he was a kid, he was Herman back then. Mm -hmm. Uh, His parents were English immigrants, and he had three siblings. So he was the second youngest. The family mostly did farm work and odd jobs just to try to get by and make ends meet. And they were devout Methodists, so they were very religious. His parents were very strict. Um, And his father was supposedly really violent and abusive. So um, that's important to know as just a risk factor for Mm -hmm. things that come later. Um, Holmes was also suspected to engage in harming animals as a child. Uh, Yeah, these two things are not entirely confirmed, obviously, because it's the fucking 1800s, and we really don't know anybody. We can't really interview anybody about it right Mm -hmm. now. (laughs) We could get our Ouija board out and try, but I feel like it's not a reliable source. Uh, But these factors are really significant when you consider how he turned out. Um, Abuse and harming animals in childhood are two really big red flags when you're looking at antisocial behavior. And antisocial behavior is violent behavior when you're talking Mm -hmm. about, like, antisocial personality disorder. Um, But he did awesome in school growing up, so that's actually, like... A mitigating factor. It's like resiliency. That's a that's a positive coping skill is doing well in school. But we got another kind of a red flag here is his classmates are really jealous, so they bullied him a lot. And peer acceptance is another huge, um, huge deal for children. For it's a risk factor for maladjustment if they are rejected by their peers. Um, that does not manifest well regardless of other circumstances. Um, children need to be accepted by their peers to kind of mm-hmm. accept themselves as part of their identity. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, teen a teen and child relationship is very important. All right, we're going to skip ahead to a teenage, a teenage, I almost said teenage mutant ninja Herman because <laughs> his hairs are so stupid. Oh, I'm so no. sorry. I, like I need it, to though. not say I like it a lot. Why the fuck do I say these things? Okay. Anyway, I'm shameless. All right. So he leaves for college and he moves to a town nearby and he gets married to a woman named Clara at the ripe age of 17, which back then that's like 25. Mm -hmm. Um, And they have a son together. So 
Apparently, um, Holmes was actually really violent towards Clara, though, mm-hmm. because she moved away and, like, stopped all contact. But she knows. Good on her. She was said to have, like, black eyes and, like, you know, visible bruises. Like, so it wow. was obvious that something was going wrong there. And then, you know, she left and got the fuck out of there. Good for her. Uh, but his son's name was Robert. Um, and he apparently turned out to be pretty successful, which is exciting. He was a certified public accountant, and he eventually served as the manager. This is so weird. He served as the city manager of Orlando, Florida. Um, That's very strange. That sounds like it might be a big deal. So, uh, H.H. Holmes apparently had a successful son. Uh, Okay. Probably because he was not uh, involved. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Probably because his mom got him the fuck out of He got the smart genes and got out. That is exactly (laughs) it. Yep. Good job. Good job, Mom. Good job, Clara. Um, So, anyway, let's see. Holmes. Back to him. Not his son. Back to him. He went to medical school, and he graduated from the University of Michigan's Department of Medicine and Surgery, and he started an apprenticeship. This all sounds great. With a doctor who was famous for his work in, can you guess what? It's human dissection. Whoa. Um, yeah. I mean, you would have never fucking guessed I, that. So you were like, excuse me, what? <laughs> I was not expecting you call me to guess anything. When the teacher calls on you and you're not fucking I, ready I was not ready. <laughs> Hi, what is your answer? No. <laughs> um, two. So, <laughs> two? 24. He is, um, yeah. So he's training and learning how to dissect people. So this isn't good. Um, it's really playing into his dark fantasies that he's already struggling with and having on a regular basis so they were unknowingly kind of like serving his sickness through all that training um and then every job he gets after graduation is extremely short term which i find very interesting so not able to hold a job for very long and sometimes he only stayed in a position for a few days wow Uh, that's so fascinating in most cases something weird seemed to go on in his short time so like he was working at pharmacies and hospitals, and one time a little boy went missing. Another mm-hmm. time a patient died after Holmes prescribed medication. Oh, wow. um, he avoided the police by denying involvement and then relocating, and then um, he was changing his name as well. So right before he moved to Chicago, that's when he became H.H. Holmes. He pretty much assumed a whole new identity and committed a fuck ton of insurance fraud. So, he would use cadavers from school labs while he was in college to, like, do this, where he would pose them as certain people who had died and just conning and, like, collecting life insurance money. He was doing a bunch of fucked up, really gross stuff. Um, He was also, when he killed victims, he was cleaning and selling their skeletons to medical schools. So, he was finding a way Mm -hmm. to, like... I'm making some money. Yeah. Cash this, flow, cash money, baby. It's so interesting because it seems to be like he enjoyed the whole killing and torturing, and he enjoyed all of that, but he also got to, like, he got a second reward, like a secondary reward through, like, how much he enjoyed it and profiting on it monetarily. Mm-hmm. So it's really crazy. Um, so, yeah, he's Henry Howard Holmes. He's got to have an alias to help him lay low. He's trying to avoid all those lawsuits. People are coming after him for all the fraud stuff. Um, so now we're going to talk about his relationships, which are really interesting. We talked a little bit about Clara, mm-hmm. who he met at a church social, by the way. Of so course. Nice, I guess. Um, so 
Even though she left him, he's still legally married to her. Mm. Okay? So mm-hmm. that doesn't stop him from finding new love. Right? I mean. <laughs> so he meets and marries. Marries. Yes. A woman named it's Myrta, I think is how you say it. Okay. Myrta. And he was 25 at this time. And then a few weeks later, after he gets married, he decides he's going to file for divorce, which just seems backwards. But, mm. hey, you know, it was a different time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he claimed infidelity on her part, which uh, was never, ever corroborated completely an accusation on his part. Um, and he really had some fucking balls to do that after the abuse and everything. But, sure. Uh, the divorce was actually never formally finalized either but it ended up getting dismissed it was a whole thing so he goes on uh to have a daughter named lucy with his new wife and similar to his son lucy sounds like she was pretty successful and well adjusted too Mm -hmm. so he's making successful children somehow which is wild which and great like that's that's silver lining silver Silver lining lining. people it doesn't get better from here so let's hold on to this moment (laughs) where something good is kind of happening uh it's not gonna last um, but she ended up becoming a Chicago school teacher. So okay, good for her. Wow. Mm-hmm. Imagine this is your dad. Uh, yeah, fucking. I actually watched an interview today with a descendant of him, like a, a DNA wow. descendant um, of his original last name, which was the one that started with an M. Hang on. Um, um uh, what was it? Mudgar? Mudget. 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 Original last name. Wow. Um. Yeah. But, of course, in true fashion, Holmes decided that he was done with that family situation, and he Mm. moved on to a third marriage. So, Mm -hmm. apparently, he always acted single, too. Like, no matter what type of relationship (laughs) he was in, or if he was married, or whatever, he always kind of, like, assumed this role. It also might have been part of the patriarchy from the 1800s. This is true, but I still want to see his Venus not completely. Oh, yeah. I have have my suspicions, and Mm. I want to see. You're going to be interested, for sure. Uh Uh-oh. Is it Gemini? Oh, We'll see. Ah, I'm guessing. Okay, I'm guessing. <laughs> um, so, yeah. He moves on to another marriage. <sighs> this isn't good either. Her name was Georgiana. Mm-hmm. They got married in Denver, Colorado. So, he moves around a lot. And he was still married to the other two, except for the one that kind of, like, mm-hmm. was dismissed. But, like, I don't, what is he doing? Um, quite the ladies, man. He also had a mistress named Julia at one point. And she was one of his first confirmed like known murder victims okay so this is where it like starts it's hard to connect again like his victims could be anywhere from 10 to 200 yeah there's so many so many and they just didn't have technology back then to like identify people like it was a whole thing so many went under the radar yeah yeah exactly like there's just no way to really confirm um most of it so he's got a wife he also has his mistress um, and his mistress has a 12-year-old daughter named Pearl. So Julia finds herself pregnant. And supposedly she demanded, like, you have to marry me now. Like, you got me pregnant. Uh-huh. And he's like, all right, I'll marry you under one condition. One condition? I need you to get an abortion. Oh. And I'm going to give you the abortion. Oh. So, and guess what? She oh. doesn't survive. And magically, Pearl goes missing too. So, you have a 12-year-old girl, a pregnant mistress. He, he, of course, told everyone that she died during an abortion. And in the 1800s, I'm sure people were immediately feeling no fucking sympathy for her. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know, that was like super taboo, like garbage stigma back then. It's all, it's still like that. We yeah. still have states trying to overturn like Roe versus Wade. We still have that going on right fucking now in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the 1800s, this was a, you know, and I'm sure that's exactly what Holmes wanted. Nobody wanted to look into that because she was, you know. He's smart. He knows he what he was, smart. He knew what he was doing. He knew how to play the patriarchy really well. So I do feel like this uh-huh. is an undertone. I think you're picking up on 100% what's going on He had here. a lot of uh, authority that just because the society wasn't going to look past certain things right. from a man. It seems like it, he was felt very justified in it because, yeah. like, women were viewed very differently as a lot more disposable, I feel mm-hmm. like. And, like, obviously, he treated women like they were very disposable in a literal sense and in, like, a relationship sense. How he would just, like, toss one aside or, like, still be married to one. He's got a new one. He's always acted single. So he's, you know, got a whole thing going. All right. Now we're going to get into the part that everybody is the most interested in. This is where we're going to get really uh, into the dark side of things. Not that mm-hmm. we haven't talked about dark shit already. Um, but we're going to talk about the murder castle. Here we go. Murder castle. All right. So, this is a wild-ass concept. For those of you who aren't super familiar with the story, you might be thinking, like, what the fuck is a murder castle? Um, and the whole thing was designed specifically to support his killings. Like, it was, that was his entire goal. Um, he was apparently very inspired by the writings of Edgar Allan Poe, which is interesting. Of course. So, he's into very dark literature, dark themes. It's, like, kind of fueling, again, his fantasy stuff he's got going on. Um, he was very intrigued by the murders committed by Jack the Ripper in England, which, again, supposedly could have been him, which is why he would have been so into it. Mm-hmm. But it was something that he was known to be, like, fascinated with. So it all, again, like, is fueling that for him. Mm-hmm. But he's in Chicago. He starts working at a drugstore. You know, just doing a regular type of job, which he mm-hmm. seemed to do. Off a lot on. of regular jobs. Yeah. Yes, a lot of regular jobs, hospitals, pharmacies were kind of his main gig. Um, and when he does that, he buys an empty lot right across the street from his work. You know, convenient, right? Mm-hmm. Seems great. He's living the dream. So construction starts on this property in 1887, and it's a two-story mixed-use building. So the second floor is um, retail space. And, or, no, the, the second floor is apartments. Mm-hmm. The first floor is retail space and a drugstore and, like, a barber shop and, like, really normal businesses. So, starting out with two stories, um, but he was having trouble getting it built because mm-hmm. he was such a con man. He wasn't paying anybody. Um, <laughs> so, he wasn't paying the steel workers who were doing all the construction, and they just stopped working. So, he kept trying that again, and he would hire a new company. Uh-huh. Um, at first, it was not strategic. It was a con mm-hmm. um, where he was having all these different companies working on it. And, like, everybody ended up suing him, too, for not paying. Whole thing. Um, it, it doesn't stop him, though. He just keeps on building. He adds the third story to the structure. Uh, he tells investors and suppliers that it's going to be a hotel. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be used during the upcoming Chicago World Fair. It's like a huge deal. It's a huge deal, guys. Um, you, you're having to be part of it. And that part was also like never fully completed. So it just was all this um, kind of weird, half-done kind of bullshit at first. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he got more strategic with that and then wanted 
things built in there, like secret hallways and dead end doors and all this weird kind of like a maze in there. And he wanted it like that so nobody knew exactly what was going on. So yeah. having all the different... No one ever saw the entire layout to the entire someone place, did. the whole blueprint really we'll talk about them later Ooh, yes yeah yes. someone did we'll talk about yes, them yes, later yes. um that's a fun yeah this is that's a really fun topic i'm glad you kind of mm. ooh, <laughs> spooky. Okay. Spooky. <laughs> so the fair was like a huge deal over 20 million people would come there between may and october so it was wow. like a long term i guess in my mind when i used to hear the story i thought it was like you know, one like week a out weekend of or a week or something. But yeah, but apparently it was like a whole season. But it takes season. people so long to travel there. Oh my god, I'm you're sure. so fucking right. I'm sure they can't have an event for a week. It's the 1800s. I'm yeah. so there's not even cars. I thank you for pointing out obvious things that I am not. You're welcome. I wasn't thinking about it. Thank really you for stuff. being logical. Aquarius um, moon, you're welcome. Yay. Um, so, and also thinking May through October. So, for those of you who don't know, their uh, crimes are more common in the summer. It's mm-hmm. it makes a lot of sense when you think about it because when people are physically hot, like their physiology makes them more irritable. So, people are more aggressive and more likely to do aggressive things in the summer because of just heat alone. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you also have the more opportunity, more daylight, more people outside, more, yeah. you know, there's a lot more opportunity. More things are happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that for this is like prime murder time from May to October. So this is like a hunting ground, basically. And Holmes used it as one. It's the perfect opportunity for him to prey on tourists. And he especially enjoyed targeting wealthy older women who flaunted the fact that they had money, which is gross. Um... Yeah, all throughout the construction of the murder castle, he's still using all these different contractors and builders, um, and nobody truly, except the one person we talked to about late, talk to you about later. God, <laughs> tripping over words. Um, like nobody knew where hallways and doorways were leading. Mm-hmm. Totally on purpose. You've got the storefront on the bottom. It's it's a barbershop, pharmacy, jewelry store. It's normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, on, so he kind of became like a somewhat of a pillar in the in the yeah. community. Yeah. Oh, look, he's or, doing. Of course. Why would what, what's wrong with him? He's, he's great. Got to be running a legitimate business in there. He's got to. Um, but of course, the second floor. Um, no, this was his elaborate torture rooms, and he also had these chutes, like laundry chutes, that led to the basement, and that's where he sent bodies down there. He had acid vats down there waiting for the bodies. He had a crematorium. To dispose of them really quickly. And the way he had this crematorium, he actually told people that he was blowing glass. Even though it was, like, not the right size or anything for glass, it was big enough for a body. Um, and nobody ever saw him create anything. But that was, like, his whole thing. When he had it installed, he, that was his whole, like, what I'm doing here. Wow. Here's what's going to be happening, y'all. And, of course, he was not doing that. So, yeah, I didn't know the glass blowing bit. Yeah, that's, that's an crazy. interesting, that is an interesting uh, fact that I picked up. Um, and just kind of wanted to note, but he had all this just so he could get rid of bodies very, very fast and dispose of his victims. And the third floor, again, more apartments. It's just terrifying to think about living above all of this, really. Mm-hmm. Like, super, super gross. Um, and Holmes had his room up there, too. Uh, everything's looking super chill. And he also has soundproof rooms. And then the mazes and hallways that didn't really go anywhere, which is just horrifying. Can you imagine getting, like, 
trapped down there. And he would do that. He would often, like, abduct the people who worked there at the stores and, like, would get them up to that level and, like, trap them. And they nobody would know what happened to them. So fucking crazy yeah. when you think about it. Like, his whole mentality mm-hmm. and, like, his, his only little fun house that he was kind of in charge of. Fun house is a very accurate and creepy term for yeah. this. Are we looking at fifth house things? No. no. Um, <laughs> I'm just I'm speculating. Just the way you said it. I just hmm. His own little fun house. He's having a really good time. Like, he fully was enjoying this. So, uh, super gross. Um, but also, back to the basement. Once the bodies were down the chutes, he used surgical tables and various medical tools to dissect them before selling their organs and their bones on the black market to medical institutions. And um, this is trigger warning. When the police finally inspected the hotel after he was arrested, they found rooms with hinged walls, false partitions, rooms linked with secret passageways, um, airtight rooms that were connected to a gas line. So they were like vaults that had gas lines going oh. through them, and he used them as gas chambers. Wow. Um, so, yeah, like a fun house or like a labyrinth, like his, his own mm. like fucking maze. He had torture devices down there, like the kind that were used to stretch people in like medieval times, you know, like those mm-hmm. tables with like crank and stuff. Um, all right, that's the murder castle, you guys. We're moving on to the next section. All right. He's a maniac. Uh, here we go. So women start to go missing. Again, some of them actually worked inside the murder, murder castle building uh, situation. Oh, right. And, the fact that people worked in the yeah. place is just insane getting abducted from work yeah and he also was watching them and like getting to know their patterns and their every step and also probably fantasizing a whole lot about what he was gonna do and like really fucking thinking about it like he's like really enjoying this and he has so much access to these people it's it's horrific um he's secretly doing a lot of fucked up shit while everyone else is just going along with normal business um and his usual murder method was suffocating his victims he loved using chloroform so like overdosing them Mm -hmm. um overexposure to lighting gas fumes trapping them in the airless vault and he loved watching them die slowly so he very much um is enjoying like some sadist stuff very sadistic enjoying the pain of other people Mm-hmm. He also claimed to have used starvation and burning victims alive as other methods of killing oh. them, which is awful. That is like, especially starvation, like that's the absolute slowest um, death you can have. That can you can survive for sometimes up to two weeks with no food. Mm-hmm. So that's really disgusting to think about um, what he was doing in there. And, of course, he already had the way of disposing the bodies, and they were clever. Like, he's a fucking entrepreneur. And uh, because of his former medical education and connections, he was able to sell the skeletons to labs and universities. Like, people did not question it. Um, He was stripping the flesh off the bodies, dissecting them, preparing viable skeletons, and the rest of the remains would be tossed in pits of lime or acid. So... Uh, he made bank doing this along with his other scams and like insurance scams and stuff. So he was usually like committing a double scam. Like a murder was also an insurance scam for him because he would pretend that this person was this other person who had died and he would take out these fake policies and be like, oh, well, Sam, Sam Frick died over here 
and uh, here's the here's the body, and I'm collecting this, and then I'm gonna sell the body over here. And yeah. I got to have fun it's murdering. It's very him. awful and very smart. Yeah, he he was finding for the time being because there was no technology to really suss him out on this. Correct. And every time they get close, he would like change his name or relocate, and that's why he built this whole elaborate thing to get away with what he wanted to do as long as possible. So it just. He was getting rewarded over and over and over again for, like, one crime would have, like, triple rewards for him. So, uh, it's so gross. I cannot wait to see his chart because now I'm, like, I want to know his Jupiter. Like, I want to know, like, certain things that I'm, like. You want to know all. I want to know it all, but it's, like, these little things are making me, like, want to tie it to, like, see what he's got going on. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So we're gonna get we're getting closer to the end of his um, story here. Crime and punishment. This is so interesting okay. because Holmes was only convicted of one murder. That was the that's killing. All it takes. Yeah, that's all it takes because he was sentenced to death. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't. Nowadays, we do sentence people to like multiple mm-hmm. things, which is interesting. Not always, but sometimes it does happen. Um, but back in the day, they were like, all right, fuck it, he's dying. Like, we're good. We've done all we can here. We've done, we've done the work we needed to do. Um, but this killing was the murder of his business partner and main accomplice, Ben or Benjamin Peitzel. Mm-hmm. Um, this dude's an attorney, helps him pull off lots and lots of scams. And he was somewhat of a failure in his life. He had committed a lot of petty crimes, like forgery. He was trying really hard to support his wife and five kids. So he was really kind of trying anything since the 1800s. So he mm-hmm. was a crooked kind of guy, but I feel like he was really just desperate and trying to support mm-hmm. his family and would do absolutely fucking anything mm-hmm. um, he was a he was a few years older than Holmes mm-hmm. yeah you, mm-hmm. we're, we're doing his chart as well for mm-hmm. those of you uh, who are asking so it's head. hard to even say oh he got wrapped up in something no he was he he knew he was getting it. <laughs> yeah I mean at least for as much as he could have known and he also um, was a heavy drinker so he turned to alcohol to help oh, out wow. with his stress level from all of this so mm-hmm. very heavy drinker um, and the way they found each other is um, Peitzel put out a newspaper ad seeking work, and Holmes hired him. So it was basically, he was kind of like the puppet. He was really quiet. He was really hardworking. He was willing to do whatever was asked of him. And from what it sounds like, he was literally willing to do anything to support his family. Fucking anything. Um, so he got into an argument with Holmes over money from a scam, and that's what uh, supposedly resulted in his death, was a yeah. fight between them. Um, but they were intentionally planning to stay, stage Benjamin's death mm-hmm. and use a cadaver to get insurance money. And his wife was in on it and everything. Like, they, she knew that they were going to fake his death and, like, do a whole thing. So, okay. um, But Holmes just murdered him instead. <laughs> And the cause of death was a large quantity of chloroform. Again, he likes to suffocate people. His wife, Carrie, um, again, knew about it ahead of time. She didn't realize he was actually dead because she knew it was going to be Right. She thought it was choosing on the plan. Yeah, Yeah. she thought she was fully in on it. So she sends her daughter. This part is so sad because she she thinks that it's like a cadaver. It's not actually her husband. She sends her 15-year-old daughter, Alice, along, along with Holmes to go identify his body, like, thinking that Even he's faking it, everything. Uh, but, I mean, it's, yeah, it's awful either way, but the fact that, like, right. it really was, uh, it's just insane. It's a, this is a fucked up situation. This is some family shit that's beyond. Oh um, this, this is some crazy family problems going on. Uh, but it was ruled as an accidental death, and the insurance company cut Peitzel's wife a fat check. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Holmes goes on the run with all of the Peitzel children. He says, he Whoa. tells Carrie it's going to help them lay low. So he takes the money and the kids. Okay. Um, so he's using them as pawns. Yeah. And, you know, Carrie starts getting all these letters in the mail uh, mm-hmm. from Alice. So mm-hmm. she's, it sounds like she's fine. Spoiler alert, she's not fine. Um, somebody rats Holmes out for this insurance scam and everything kind of falls apart. So he forgot to pay off some dude who somehow helped connect him in this insurance thing. Like somebody mm-hmm. was, was involved and didn't get paid off. So it's kind of complicated. Yeah. Um, that's like really summing it up right there. Cause it was a lot of complicated shit that I was like, we don't need to get into that. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically he fucking didn't pay somebody off. He fucked somebody over and they were like, well, I'm going to expose your entire thing. So, that's when Holmes starts claiming that Peitzel committed suicide. Uh, But he gets arrested, and the police start looking into him and his castle. And guess what? They weren't fucking ready for all the shit going on in there. In the basement alone, they found piles of human and animal bones, Mm. bloody women's clothing, and a wooden torture table. The victims were nearly impossible to identify, which explains why he was only able to be charged with one murder once again. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, like you said, that was fucking plenty. Uh, yeah. He was sentenced to death, and he was executed nine days before his 35th birthday, like you were saying earlier, too, like he died right before his birthday, mm-hmm. nine days. Um, by the way, he fired his attorneys and represented himself in court, which is a famous move of fucking psychopaths. He does seem a lot like a classic psychopath mm-hmm. because of how intelligent he is and all of the forethought. And he's like two steps ahead of everybody. And he doesn't really have emotions. He doesn't really have feelings. He um, can mimic them. Yeah. But he's not, he doesn't actually have them and he knows how to fool people. He, he's very emotionally shallow uh, and like... The tenacity of this guy is crazy. So, <laughs> it was easy for the prosecution to prove that Pikeful didn't commit suicide. So, yeah, shithead. Carrie's testimony really fucked him because he killed her husband and abducted her children who were never seen again. So, he was extremely manipulative to everybody around him. He could he, he can swindle women. He could swindle business professionals into doing work for him. He could, you know, talk his way. He's been way. doing this a long time. Yeah. A lot of experience, a lot of knowledge, a lot of know-how. This is actually funny. Uh, he even dramatically cried on the stand in front of the oh, jury. Oh, I'm sure. While, yeah, mm-hmm. while giving his testimony. Like, All right, this next section is called Kill This Fucker. So, on May 7th, 1896... Holmes was hanged at this prison, I can't say, Moya Mensing. Oh, I think I did it. Prison. Um, but now it's known as the Philadelphia County Prison. Fun things. When we were looking at locations for the death chart, we pulled up the area because we, we couldn't find this prison. We were like, where is Philadelphia County? Mm-hmm. So we started looking it up. We started looking at the different prisons, and they're all on this one street. And we were like, oh, well, this must be... Where it's at. At least the right spot. You know? Uh-huh. And then we realized that this little town is called Holmesville. And then there was like a Holmesville It was prison. Holmesburg. Holmesburg. Wasn't it? I took Holmes screenshots something. of it. Yeah. I'll post it. Yeah. It was It was really interesting. I'm, I'm convinced it has to be. We were like, this is not a fucking coincidence. This has to it be has the prison. To be. It's just been renamed. Um, and it's like a whole segment. But there was one that was like, yeah, Holmesburg Prison. Mm-hmm. I think it was Holmesburg. It was something like that. Uh, but, yeah, it was really crazy that we, we saw that because I, I didn't find that in my research. We found that on Google Maps. So <laughs> that was fun. 
Um, but until the moment of his death, Holmes remained calm and chill, showing very few signs of fear, anxiety, or depression. Again, classic psychopath right there. They're not capable of those feelings. They're kind of, it's Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy said the same thing. Like, I'm so lucky that I don't have to feel guilt like the rest of you. Like, I don't have that emotion. I don't know what that's like. Mm -hmm. And that's genuinely like what's going on here too. Um, but this is so fascinating. Holmes asked for his coffin to be contained with cement and buried 10 feet deep because he was concerned that grave robbers would steal his body and use it for dissection. So, paranoid much? Because um, he would have done that. It's really fucking <laughs> horrific, too, when he uh, is hanged because his neck mm -hmm. didn't break. He was oh. strangled to death slowly. He got that strong neck. Twitching for over 15 minutes. Wow. He was pronounced dead 20 minutes after the trap had sprung. So, wow. I I'm mean, interested I in his death chart now. I feel like he probably didn't deserve a fast death. No. So. None of his victims had fast deaths. Uh, but it's just, knowing that people were watching that, too, is like, it's horrible. It's hard to think of. It's hard to picture. But he definitely deserves it. Um, and his body was buried in an unmarked grave at Holy Cross Cemetery. It's a Catholic cemetery in Philadelphia, western suburb of Yeadon, Yeadon Pennsylvania. <laughs> in the documentary, they read his diary entries out loud. So he Whoa. kept a diary while he was in prison. Um, this is, it was gross as fuck. Um... So it's basically like his life story. It's written out like a like an autobiography. Like it's written very. Um, he called it Holmes's own story. So yeah, he definitely went there. The excerpts themselves were really self-serving. He talked a lot about the Constitution, which is interesting. He writes it like a fantastical novel. Like he starts sure it out he like does. it's a beautiful countryside. Like it was so fucking ridiculous. Like the dawn and the morning dew. Like it was very much like talk about self justification. It was fucking ridiculous. Um, but it's a full confession in vivid detail, and it just really allows wow. him to relive it all again in prison. Like he's enjoying it. He enjoyed every bit of this. Super fucked up to hear the word for word details of this. So I highly recommend like looking up some of this and like hearing a narrator read it. It's just. It's fucking crazy. Um, he talks about burning people alive in the vaults uh, and discussing their charred bodies afterwards. He also talks about putting people in trunks that he turned into gas chambers. Uh, he goes on to describe their faces and what they looked like after he opened the trunks in vivid detail. It's disturbing, so proceed with caution because it really, really is intense. And um, I'm very on the fence if I want to look into this. I only put a few light details in here. I did not go into just like vivid d detail about what he actually said because it's a lot. And, yeah. you know, I, I want to give people the option to choose to go deeper there. Mm -hmm. um, not I, everybody. I know I would like to see more of the layout of the, of the place. Yeah. I would love um, to see like a whole model of it if anybody uh, yeah. has it. But it's... You know, okay, we have now related weirdness. This is kind of a fun segment. All right. Okay, so in 1914, the castle's former caretaker, the one person who knew the entire building, ended up committing suicide by taking strychnine, which is a pesticide designed to kill birds and rodents. Okay. Um, his body was found in his bedroom with a note that read, I couldn't sleep. His surviving relatives, yeah, his surviving relatives claimed that he had been haunted for several months and was suffering from hallucinations. I can only imagine. 
Uh, he took all the secrets of the murder castle with him to his grave. And then the castle itself was mysteriously gutted uh, by a fire in August of 1895. Wow. And he and Holmes died in 1896. Mm-hmm. So he, this person committed suicide in what year did it say? 1914. Okay. So, so he, after, he suffered after a long time. Wow. That's almost like 20 years. He suffered a long time. With whatever delusions and, and nightmares and all the horrible things that he was kind of trauma, major trauma, and there was nothing to help you back then. Um, a lobotomy. Uh, <laughs> lobotomy, so, lobotomy or alcohol. Right. So with the fire, there were two men who were spotted entering and leaving the building, and investigators found an empty or half-empty gas can underneath the back steps of the building. So somebody, it was arson, obviously. Somebody wanted to um, get rid of that building. And I can't say I blame them, you know. But the building survived the fire and remained in use until it was torn down in 1938. But the site is currently a post office, which seems creepy as fuck. And I feel like we need to go there. Um, yeah, let's go to the post office. What, have you been to the post office? Can you? If, are you in Philadelphia or I guess Chicago? Why am I saying Philadelphia? Because of the prison. I'm yeah. stuck on the mm-hmm. prison. I looked at Google Maps and it blew my mind, you guys. Um, Holmesburg. So, Holmesburg. Okay. Do you live in Holmesburg? Tell us about it. Is it weird? Okay. <laughs> anyway, so uh, I mentioned this to you before we started recording, but in 2017, his body was exhumed after it was rumored. That he had escaped execution and never died. And the speculation was strong enough um, that they decided to dig up his grave. So, because again, he wanted to be buried in cement. Mm -hmm. That was actually a good thing because his body was not decomposed. He still had a full mustache. Oh, wow. And his clothing was still intact. Um, They were actually able to do a DNA test through his teeth. And the hair follicles, but there was enough, you know, DNA in in the teeth that, like, he was able to be positively identified. He was H.H. Holmes. They reburied him after that. So they did all that shit for nothing, which is crazy. Mm. And that, you guys, is the story of H.H. Holmes. And I don't know about you, but I'm ready to chart that bitch. Let's chart this bitch. Uh, Here we are. I'm so excited, though. Like, I've been so amped for this chart. Let's I know. I've been so curious for so long. I did remember his sun and moon from the Astral Chat crossover episode, mm-hmm. only because it's my absolute favorite combination, and I was joking how I probably could have dated this fucker. Yeah, like, she's... H.H. H. Holmes might have been your type. I am into... I'm specifically into a Taurus sun with a Leo moon, yes. very specifically. Mm-hmm. Um exclusively i might say <laughs> just love that combination for whatever reason um so it's weird uh i'm interested to hear his venus because that's the other okay so <laughs> well let's run through this yeah, we do not have do birth times for this episode uh, at all we don't have um, records from the 1800s well, they don't well h.h H. holmes did have a birth certificate but it did not have a time ah uh. Um, so, because I, I did look around for a second. Good job on your research. I'm proud of you. Just, just for a second, though. But you did only, it. only for a moment. It, I mean, you still were thinking about it, and that's what we appreciate on this <laughs> podcast is um, the the thoughtfulness, fact that, the thought that counts. On that's this exactly it. We care about your consideration. <laughs> I'm saying dumb stuff. All right, okay. so. 
we've got his chart pulled up here. Let me give you guys an overview, okay? Um, we have the sun in Taurus conjunct Venus. <gasps> really? Conjunct so okay. Mercury. I'm very excited. This is all in the last decan of Taurus. Um, so what you were talking about earlier with there being um, some Gemini mm -hmm. Venus situation, his Venus is Ooh. in Taurus but cusping Gemini. I see that. Yes, yeah. it's very close. Um, it is at 27 degrees Taurus. The sun is at 25 degrees. The money Arabic part is at 21 degrees and Mercury is at 19 Wow. Uh, he also has one more planet in the sign of Taurus. He has Pluto at 9 degrees. So it's not a conjunction. Um, however, it is coming from the same energy source as, you know, it's being influenced by the same energy source, uh, Taurus, um, as a lot of his other self. It does count. He does have a stellium. Um, so whenever someone has a stellium in a sign, it typically will come through their natal chart whether or not um it's it's uh the area of the chart you would think it would just kind of colors everything a little extra his moon is in leo conjunct jupiter okay. conjunct vesta okay um these are all pretty close together. We have seven degrees, or Vesta at seven, almost eight degrees. Uh, the moon at 13 degrees and Jupiter at 18. Um, those are all the things he has in Leo. I would, I'd like to consider these stelliums, but I know that not all astrologers do. Um, but that's a pretty, pretty big um, Leo influence right there. Mm -hmm. uh, especially with it being Jupiter. Because you have expansion of the energy wherever Jupiter is on your chart. So, um, since there's no time, we have no uh, ascendant, midheaven, vertex, anything like that. Uh, no houses. Bummer. Um, I know. Bummer, bummer. That's why earlier I was like, fifth house things? And then I was like, oh, we don't have birthday. <laughs> I can only speculate. It's all good. Okay. Um, we do have um, everything else, though. So um, let's go through some of the other planets so you guys can kind of get an idea of what this chart looks like uh, if you're listening at home. Um, if you are going to hop on our Patreon, though, I am going to start uploading all of, and I will retroactively do this as well, I'm going to upload all of my charts for every episode. Yeah, and her show notes for every episode. Yeah. So if you're interested in that, you guys, guys, hop on our Patreon. Just real quick, we went through these on our Patreon video. <laughs> these are my notes from. For those of you watching on YouTube, these are my. She notes. has to show these up. It's like it's a just a novel. really thick, uh, almost a book worth every of notes episode for all of her note or episodes. Every episode since episode one, Black Dahlia, mm -hmm. everything through. I ran across this and grabbed it and thought it would be fun to like go through on Patreon. So anyway. So, yes, okay. we were, we're doing that on Patreon, and we're going to have lives every uh, time, every couple weeks or yep. so. So, Like, uh, every two weeks. We are mm -hmm. being more consistent, you guys. We've been promising this for years. <laughs> uh, we're finally doing it. Okay. Well, now, it, now it suits our schedule, so. Yeah, we're getting there. All right. Um, so, he has uh, quite a few things over here in Gemini. I'm just going to go around from the sun sign. Um, after, after Taurus, uh, Gemini, he has Uranus conjunct Pallas. 
Um, there's also some Arabic parts here, which I'll get into later. And Mars, right at the end of Gemini, um, at 28 degrees, cusping Cancer. And then when we actually get into Cancer, we have Ceres, and we have um, the South Node uh, conjunct in Cancer, which is a very caring background, which is really fascinating. Um, huh. Yeah. Um, and then we talked about Leo and Virgo. We have Saturn. Um, and some Arabic parts, nothing in Libra, um, Scorpio is only Arabic parts, uh, Sagittarius, same, um, Cap Capricorn, he has, uh, his North Node, obviously. It feels very, like, on brand, you know, like, <laughs> oh, it, about it, it like, does, very it much was, yeah, that feels uh, <laughs> Polis, Retrograde in Aquarius, and Chiron in Pisces. Hmm. Um, Neptune at 1 degree Aries, with Juno at 11 degrees, and Lilith at 22 degrees Aries. So, so um, I'm just going to kind of run through my notes as I wrote them. I uh, have We have like four charts for this episode, so I'm not going to spend too much time on each one. Okay. Um, so, right at the top of my notes here, I put, uh, it was interesting to look at some of the indicators if we don't have a midheaven which i really like to look at midheaven because mm -hmm. it's like what you're remembered as especially when it's a um, well-known serial killer or something their midheaven usually does indicate quite a bit uh even with like um amy winehouse like her right. like it's all it always shows so you have a, a bit. vibe for his though like a, like an energy read on it at all i'm just curious mm, not too much um i have uh not gotten enough sleep to focus on anything <laughs> like that lately, so sorry. <laughs> anything extra, my brain is not going to do right now. So uh, that. Alice and Uranus in Gemini. There's. A it was interesting to me how having this Uranus influenced sense of um, making hard decisions and wisdom and like critical thinking. Um, making it really like new age, like different, innovative, like very uh, individualistic. Um, and in Gemini, it was not, it's not, um, it's also just very airy. It's uh, thinking from a bunch of like different perspectives, but still in terms of like the self, like what's going to benefit me, which, which face do I show? Uh, um, so having this all being involved with like his sense of wisdom and critical thinking and individuality and, how he's going to um, create new and different things in the world. Uh, interesting. Um, obviously, there's a lot of really cool aspects off of this, all these parts, too. Um, like, let's see. Um, so a lot of this is benefiting. There's sextiles over to his moon, Jupiter, and Vesta. Um, sextiles over to Juno and Aries. Juno and Aries makes them very committed to that Aries aggressive, mm -hmm. playful energy. Um, this isn't always even like a conscious thing. It's usually just like something that feels really um, like you feel like you're married to it with in a good way, uh, without even thinking. Um, is Neptune placement, which is in Aries, which also shows uh, his illusions and his perspective on life, his worldview. Uh, his dreams all being influenced again with that Aries aggressive energy, um, that fiery warrior energy, playful at the same time. It, it kind of makes it where if you were going to do, I'm sure his dreams were very like more 
um, like Aries tone, like aggressive mm -hmm. tone, yeah. um, fire tone, his moon also being in a fire sign. Um, I think, I think that there would have been a lot of that type of energy, even though he's a Taurus, right. um, it kind of just makes him more grounded in, um, the more emotional parts of his Zodiac. It's what I'm saying. He, he wasn't in a really emotional kind of guy. Right. So, and, yeah. That's and that's another grounded. thing, like when, um, you've got all these placements in the fire signs and then you turn out to not have, uh, empathy, uh, or feelings, um, the only thing that really is left there is a lot of like aggression. Yeah. Um, that fire doesn't really go anywhere. Like, uh, but you don't have the, like the emotion, right. Expression. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. Cause that's the thing that I love about, you know, having a partner with a Leo moon is like, they're very expressive, very open about mm -hmm. their feelings. They're like able to tell mm -hmm. me things and I'm like that's fantastic that works well for me I like knowing stuff <laughs> um so but if that if all that's there is like this aggression that would not be it, uh, enjoyable it, it, it kind of makes it where that's all that's left in yeah a way. um especially with Mars being in Gemini too it's it's um it's very like striking it's ready to just kind of hit through the air like fire through the air um it it's it's also more um, mentally focused, so he's like kind of more thinking about the anger and like what he's gonna do and Ugh. and all that. He's having um, especially with it being in the same sign as Pallas and Uranus and mm -hmm. everything. It, it also makes it where he, he's more unpredictable with what choices he's going to make. Um, and if something is too far out there, kind of like Uranus is. Um, involved with aliens and things like that. If it's a concept that's too far out there, people are just going to be, like, un unbelieving. They're not going to follow, um, like, a conspiracy theory about H.H. H. Holmes in the community. He is a, he right. a stand-up guy. Right. <laughs> um, that is crazy, you know? Uh, so it's interesting how um, he was able to use this to his advantage for his purposes um and i think he was very committed to himself um with venus being on his son uh, mercury being on his son his mentality and his heart um are involved with his own being um but more so looking over at moon conjunct vesta conjunct jupiter because whenever vesta is conjunct like the sun or the moon it really makes it like a really personal placement it makes it where you're so devoted to yourself. Um, <laughs> he is so devoted to his inner self when his inner self doesn't really even have the feelings. It's, he's just devoted to his inner self feeling good however it's going to feel good. Yeah. Um, and Jupiter expands that part of his chart and makes it where that's where he finds his personal growth. That's where he um, goes on his personal journey. And he loves life. to enjoy it, it's, it's, it's his opportunity. He finds opportunity through that part of his chart. Uh, I would really love to see houses, but... I know. Like, um, he's, like, triple enjoying everything he's doing, and it's super gross. Mm -hmm. But he's just getting so much out of it, and he's just really serving. Like, you're seeing, like, that part of himself. He just is feeding it. I like, <laughs> had a good time. Like, he, mm -hmm. like you said, there's not emotion involved except, like, this It's like, pleasure. Yeah. That feels like it's not an emotion. That's a very primal... Uh, alligator brain type of an instinct <laughs> that we're trying to start it feels mm -hmm. like very mars energy but like you know it does so uh, something that i also thought was interesting on his chart um 
you know, as we're talking about feelings and all of that, I, uh, looking at his south node in the mother of the zodiac signs and the nurturing cancer energy there conjunct Ceres, which is also with nurturing and the foundation for love and um, mm. self-care, comforting feelings and all of that being on his south node um, can show that that was absent in his life. It may have been something he had in his very, very early life and then lost. Um, I, I'm saying that in that way because you know, you could also have this placement in it show as you had a really nurturing childhood. Yeah, I was um, wondering about that because, like, you know, we've commonly seen, like, the moon conjunct south node and it being, like, this, mm -hmm. you know, very negative so kind it, of thing on a chart. So I was interested goes, to know how this kind of It's not something that stays usually when it's something like this. Um, okay. But it's stronger. I'm saying this even stronger for him specifically because there is a trine over to his Chiron in Pisces, um, which has some... Uh, other interesting aspects on it but um having it relating to his chiron um is a big deal to do with his trauma in the past let's see where did i put my i wanted to pull up my notes here so when um chiron is in pisces it shows like a tremendous loss grief um a feeling and something that was really true, I'm wondering if there's something really traumatic from its very early years. Because I, I think that's in psychology, kind of how people say, um, uh, not psychopath, what's the word I'm looking for? Are you talking where about? You where you lose empathy and feelings and things like that. You don't. So it's, you not, know, there's the, are you talking about the diagnosis for it? Generally speaking, yeah. So you're going to look at conduct disorder is the first thing that manifests. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's, that's, you actually have to be diagnosed with conduct disorder in childhood to be diagnosed with antisocial personality disorder. That's what I'm going one. with this. Is that where you're trying to go into? Yes. Yeah, so if I'm okay. saying if he had a really young um, trauma, with it would make it more likely for that to be the case later on. Right. And I'm assuming this is completely assumption. We can't confirm this fucking 1800s, you guys. So um, <laughs> I've said that a lot. But we need to be reminded that, like, there's not a way to mm -hmm. confirm this. But there is so much talk of his father being extremely strict. His family is very strict. And mm -hmm. I'm sure that came with a lot of strict punishment. Mm -hmm. And in the, think about 1800s child punishment. Like, 1960s child punishment scares me to think about. Yep. So, like, 1800s is... It was probably horrific, you know, mm -hmm. and he had a lot of siblings, you know, he had three. And really siblings. no accountability for anything, so. Um, it's, I feel like there was probably uh, some over-the-top abuse going on mm -hmm. in the early childhood that surely, you know, kids will learn to dissociate from that mm -hmm. at some point, and that's where kind of a separation of the self can happen, separation from your own feelings and then an inability to understand Mm -hmm. other people's feelings and it's a it is a you know abuse has very negative impact mm -hmm. on all children even children that are the most resilient like it abuses um very difficult to treat you know because of the trauma and the lasting trauma and ptsd and just mm -hmm. it's very challenging especially if somebody doesn't get help until much later in life if they're not actively getting help when they're younger, you know, and working through it, it manifests over time and it can manifest very negatively if they don't have enough, 
you know, mitigating factors in their life to kind of counteract. Mm-hmm. And know. I and with Chiron and Pisces, it's it's really um, a devastating place to have it because it it makes you end up feeling like life is pointless in a way, like you've lost your god early in life, uh, you lost faith in everything um it's kind of like well what's the point like i'll just do what i'm gonna do that does seem like his attitude 100 the way to cope through this placement in a healthier way is to find um your own personal maybe an alternative form of spiritual healing um you know you can help other open up people's eyes to the universal order um in your your alternative type of spiritual life so usually you would you would kind of lose your sense of faith in the um in the earlier stages of this chiron placement and then you would go through this dark state phase and then you would find a new path got it so um i think a lot of people go through that just in life if you're raised in a really religious home mm -hmm. and then like maybe it felt abusive or or manipulative and you get out and it's like then you figure out your own like mm-hmm. what do i actually believe outside of right and this could be literally so. with religion or with just yeah. your sense of self your sense of life your sense of existence mm-hmm. it it's really um spirituality in general an intense but, placement yeah, yeah it can also show like your own mental prisons that you're involved with uh, it can show through uh, this is pisces so your dreams it can show through your intuition and and having a lot of trauma in that area or feeling um like you are less than because of your intuition and your dreams things like that so um i think this is also extra fascinating with um right here semi-sextile to the chiron placement neptune the ruler of pisces being in aries influencing this with more aggression um you know coloring his world view view with more of that aries and energy um and having the, you know, a lot of, having that be related to the trauma um, through it ruling that sign is really fascinating. If, I think that in combination, it's it's not, a, obviously it's not great. Um, <laughs> the rest of his chart. You know, it didn't um, turn out well. Obviously didn't turn Spoiler out. alert. <laughs> didn't. Did. We were talking about his um, south node. Let's talk about his north node. Okay. His north node being in Capricorn, I think, is very mm-hmm. telling with him creating his own empire with this. He created his <laughs> literal <laughs> castle. He reached the peaks of the um, murder goals, I would say. <laughs> the peak of his um, murder goals. This, this is the epitome of Capricorn goal-achieving yeah. type of thing. Um, and then... I think the whole I, whole fantasy of even coming up with this place is very, really Pisces influenced and very he's very devoted to these inner um, dreams and um, feelings that he wants this. Um, like I said, he's very devoted to himself. Um, he does have the mental acuity ability to um, come up with. Unique, interesting, elaborate plans, especially with Mercury being so close to the sun. Um, And we've got Pallas and Uranus in a really interesting spot. And also, um, Saturn is in Virgo. So his ability to um, structure his life with all these details and, like, routines and day-to-day, it also shows through where people saw his life as very um, mundane, 
ritual routine like oh nothing nothing out of the normal there like um wow i think he uh really obviously excelled at um kind of running his life that way with saturn being in virgo uh, and he was able to use it to his uh his own um advantage yes okay i, I okay yay I helped. <laughs> I'm thinking if there's, let's see, anything else on here. Hmm. I see that conning ability uh, through um, that Leo placement, especially um, as he's so devoted to his own inner self. It really, he already doesn't care about <laughs> what else is happening around him. So his worldview is very like, hmm. But um, as long as he's doing right by himself. He's good. He's good, and he's building his empire. He, he, I feel like he will feel like he's on the right track. Um, oh, I forgot to say, with his mental ability stuff, um, having Pholus in Aquarius retrograde really makes that internalized extra. Um, Aquarius is really thinking on like those higher perspectives and being able to... Um, kind of create this library of information type of thing. Very logical, very intellectual sign. Um, so there is a little bit of extra boost of Aquarius energy with Pholus being there, um, especially with his internal self and things that are hidden, things that are like um, more private, which we see with the murder castle being <laughs> no. um, a secret. So this is so wild. This is such a crazy story. It's such a, mm -hmm. it's crazy to think this fucking actually happened. It's, just, it's terrifying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he, um, he was quite the, quite the guy. Quite the I, guy. I think I want to, let's see, let's overlay his, his death. Now let's do his death chart next. Oh. Right, so overlaying his death chart. I also see this um, this Jupiter trying Lilith <laughs> growth through your aggressive self empowerment. Yes, please. <laughs> you need some of that. All right. His death was May seventh, eighteen ninety six. It was a Thursday. Mm, important. Importante. <laughs> uh, he. It was very close to his birthday. The sun was at 17 degrees Taurus, where his 25 degrees. Um, it is square to his natal moon placement. Um, and it looks like square his Jupiter. Um, so that's kind of interesting right there, where you had um, his planet of growth and his inner self being uh, conflicting with the solar power you know the the god of of the universe or our universe in a way uh, maybe not universe but solar system you know the uh vitality conflict with un, with the growth is kind of telling of um not being able to continue your adventure of life and growing as a person cut off you just cut it off <laughs> cut off um Let's see, he does also have um, moon, quincunx the moon. Um, the moon was in Pisces, conjunct Mars, conjunct Ceres, which is very 
interesting considering that his Mars and Ceres are so close on his own natal chart. They were they were involved with each other already. They were um, just barely conjunct, if if you consider ten degrees. There's this blocked feeling or chained to type feeling from these. I think it brings up those themes. The emotional themes of that day were on aggression and your basis for love and that nurturing energy and having it reflected on so close to his south node on his chart. Um, I think if he was passing and he was moving through the energies uh, emotionally, that would be kind of triggering because it's bringing up those themes from his past on the day of his death, which okay. is emotional themes of um, his traumas and being in the sign of his Chiron. Um, and on the day of this, the North Node and Palace were conjunct his Chiron placement. Um, so it, when this kind of cycle comes up on a chart, especially like Chiron stuff and, and traumatic things, and really anything where you need to like learn a lesson to move forward, <laughs> um, you kind of repeat the same issues over and over until you learn the lesson and right. you move on. You find a healthy way to handle it and you move on. Um, you you empower yourself out of it or whatever, heal from it. Um, you can you can start a healing journey and then that cycle becomes more and more beneficial as it goes around. Um, right. But when you aren't on a good path with that, um, things get more extreme every time that cycle comes back around, and you get to his level of extreme and you're uh, about to be hung in front of you know your town. <laughs> um, Having it, having the North Node and Palace triggering his Chiron right here, you can tell that this is part of his uh, Chiron journey of uh, <laughs> making things worse and worse and worse and worse. And now he's made it as worse as he can. And he's gonna die. Uh, <laughs> he took it as far as possible. I think he took it as far as possible. Uh, you see that Chiron is being activated for his death. So that's fascinating. Lilith was also back in Aries on the um, day of his death. Um, and Juno was back in Aries, conjunct his Juno on the day of his death. So we see a lot of returns kind of coming around and a lot of things wow. activating these really aggressive and traumatic parts of his chart, which I think is always really telling as far as the energies go. It's like, uh, all right, we're going to deal with this energy as it comes up again. So, mm -hmm. um, that's crazy. let's see. It's like one more time to try to deal with this uh -huh. energy. Here we go. <laughs> Yes. Um, Venus had also returned back to Taurus, where his natal Venus is. Um, He's having his return, like, all over the chart. Yeah, several <laughs> places. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. Anything else on here I want to mention? Um, Uranus and Saturn were both retrograde in Scorpio. Um, and they were opposite his sun and the transit sun of that time. Um, so... Let's see. Mm. The south node was on his Saturn, which you could also look into as um, a time period of him having to reflect on the life structures of his past. Um, where I'm wondering if this is where he was in a little bit. How long was he in prison? Or, I don't actually remember. I don't feel like it was that long before they killed him. Back then, you didn't sit on death row for 10 fucking years like mm -hmm. you do now. Like, they killed you pretty fast. 
Um, cause I can't remember like the difference between the arrest date and his mm -hmm. death date. I don't even know that I included in my notes. I don't always include dates and stuff cause it gets fucking boring. Especially <laughs> it's like an 1891 and then 1894. I don't, who, does anybody fucking care? Well, if you want to charts that you might care. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> when I'm telling the story, I feel uh -huh. like yeah. people don't really hold on to that info or it like kind of passes through. Mm -hmm. And there's so much information that I like have to decide if I want to include it or not. And sometimes I'm just like, that feels like it's not <laughs> relevant to the story, mm -hmm. but it is relevant to the astrology. So mm -hmm. if there's any important dates, go ahead and throw them in there. Yeah, I should have, I should have, but um, we're there. good. We're, um, I think, I think that you're right though. They wouldn't have, he wouldn't have sat on death row for a long time. Right. He also didn't get very old in this process. So I'm really going to look back at um, this for a second. He too. has, uh, the south node there, so I I feel like this was related to his imprisonment. Um, he also had Jupiter back in Leo, having a Jupiter return. Um, wow. So a lot of things were kind of cycling back around for him around the time of his death, which we t tend to see on these death charts, which I really like seeing. Um, even though it's not an atonement, it's kind of like, well, at least you had to face that energy again, um, and it was painful. Maybe yeah. maybe uh, karmic, you know. Like last last thing to kind of deal with, like the last mm -hmm. you're the whole last day he was having to being forced to kind of deal with everything that he'd done, <laughs> I guess, or mm -hmm. all those past energies. So I'm gonna pull up Benjamin's chart. We'll talk about him for a minute. Right. Um, Peitzel. Let's he see. was also a Taurus at really? twenty eight degrees. So their sun signs were similar. They might have uh well, very close together. Um, they might have kind of resonated on that level on uh, their general selves um his moon was opposite he was born on a full moon um over in scorpio spooky. Yeah. <laughs> very spooky. i just want to say that very spooky um let's see he's got trines from his moon over to neptune and jupiter um jupiter he had he he had in aries and uh neptune he had in Pisces um so there's again more of this like Pisces influence of like really um, we actually have have Pisces um Neptune and Pisces right now recently um so this energy might feel familiar to a lot of yeah. us lately with this kind of um dreamy creativity ethereal energy being in its own sign um That's it's fun. really strengthening um and having Jupiter be in Aries, where Holmes had his Neptune, I think is very telling as well. Um, and it shows that he found opportunity through that same energy space. Um, so him connecting with Holmes really would work out as an opportunity for Ben and Benjamin. Oh, I see that. Um, okay. Let's see. He also, there's something else interesting. Um, Benjamin's North Node is right in Aries where Holmes's Lilith was. Um, so oh. again, with their energies intermingling, you can see where like he was headed for um, Holmes's self-empowerment, um, aggressive situation, right. uh, trait. So he was headed for that as he uh, went further and further down the path with him. Um, because he is ultimately activating that energy in Holmes and like vice versa. Right. Um, let's see. He also has Venus in Taurus. So he has like everything in Taurus. Oh, he has several things in Taurus. It's he so has crazy. um 
Pluto at um, 4 degrees 44 seconds, which is cool. Um, Venus, Vesta, Pallas, Uranus, and the Sun all in Crazy. Taurus. They both had a lot of Taurus energy. Yeah. Um, okay. Benjamin had Saturn in Gemini, Mercury in Gemini, and Ceres in Gemini. Um, also all within 10 degrees of each other. Um, so a good bit of Gemini energy coming through. Um, he also being able to base his life off of like Gemini energy where you're not, where Virgo would have is a more grounded, um, mm -hmm. type of basis, foundation for life, structure for your life. Gemini is more kind of, I'm, I'm, I almost picture like a door-to-door -door salesman working for different companies, like, yeah. especially with Mercury being there too. And Sarah's like, uh, having his foundation be, um, a little more kind of go with the wind. Like I'm going to go, I'm going to go where there's an opportunity here. I'm going to work for mm -hmm. them and I'm going to work for them. And, um, I think that that was kind of the case, the situation he right. was in, especially if, um, he ended up having to work for home. Well, and the way he found homes was through marketing himself in uh -huh. the newspaper. So he's putting out ads for himself, mm -hmm. like hire me. So he is that like, very salesy, Gemini. Mm -hmm. yeah, it is that sales energy. Like I can adapt to any job, just like hire me and, and I'll do anything. That's very much what uh, like that Saturn and Gemini can be. It's mm -hmm. like, you're just having to adapt to these other like, different social situations, like different little groups, social groups. Um, and he like seemed to like really go all in. But mm -hmm. he did it too. Like, okay, well, I'll do yes. anything you say now. Yes. Like, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm gonna do it. It's like it feels Here very I go. extreme. He's yes. Um, an extreme placement he has next is um, <laughs> opposite his Jupiter, which you know is tied to those opportunities and things. Um, is Mars conjunct Lilith? Uh, Lilith is on the is in Virgo, and Mars is in Libra, um, but they're within four degrees of each other, so. Very, both on the cusp right there, really tight. Um, so you have a lot of fire, a lot of um, self-empowerment energy there, but it's like more on the in the passive type signs where uh, Holmes okay. had him in more aggressive sign. Yeah. A very, you know, the the murder moon sign. Murder moon. Aries. <laughs> um, and, uh, and he had uh, Mars and Gemini. So... Again, uh, like he has this more um, passive aesthetically, like a pleasing kind of ple people pleasing type of Mars placement, um, where he's going to be more motivated to make like an appealing pitch to someone, or like he's going to be more motivated yeah. to, um, uh, you know, do something to make things look nice or do things to um, mediate. And I mean, he's he more motivated in that right way. And he was going to empower himself more through doing little tasks and chores and having routines and um, yeah. reaping the rewards of previous work he's done, kind of all that Virgo stuff. He literally was willing to, like, fake his own death. Like, he, he, like it's, it's that extreme mm -hmm. where he's like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll fake my own death, no problem. we got a body to replace me, cool. Let's get this insurance policy going. And, like, he very... And having, having that moon in uh, Scorpio, he's not... He's not, he, there's a, things with the taboo and things like that with your inner self. So, like, if they got to know each other pretty well and it sounds like they were kind of close, like, um, yeah, I could, I could see the Scorpio part of him not being too phased by, like, something extreme, you know, yeah. if, if it benefited him. Yeah. For sure, because of that trine over to Jupiter and Neptune. So, um, he has Pholus and Capricorn retrograde, 
Um, let's see, he has Chiron in Aquarius, retrograde, and Juno in Aquarius. So, um, again, that that Aquarius energy is a little bit more off, um, unconventional. Um, <laughs> be able to trying to think of the big picture. He's really committed to that Aquarius energy. Um, things that are not in the norm may not be uh, something that. With Chiron being there, it makes it um, a little more complicated. He's not mainstream. He's not main. He's, he's not, not a basic bitch. He's, he's not that. It's really. He, he would have had this, like, lack of acceptance or he would have been kind of different or weird, especially um, in the earlier stages of his Chiron journey. Um, but then as he overcame that, he would have been really, like, owning himself and accepting who he is and things okay. like that. Um, and then, But he's also very committed to Aquarius energy, so it might have made his Chiron situation a little easier to go through um, and overcome. But it also would have made it where he's more open-minded to strange situations. Oh, yeah. Is what I'm kind of getting at. And having the impressive castle. Uh, like, oh, I'm working at that big building. Like, uh, this is like a real, a real legit, interesting, good place to work. And, um, mm -hmm. and I feel like um, it... I thought really prestigious. All the tourist all the tourist placements would have been content with that, and <laughs> yeah. um, he's trying yeah. to do the best he can with his his family. Um, I have his death chart as well, so I'm gonna pull yes, I'm that interested. up over it. This is his uh, chart as being a victim in a really weird um, insurance murdery scandal that's just really crazy that whole thing is so crazy i can't imagine agreeing like even though i trust you so much if you were like hey i've got a plan and we're gonna okay hear me out <laughs> i'm gonna need you to fake your own death and i've got a body I, I, you know i might be like but think about if there was no technology to like really catch us Oh, well, then I'd be down. No. <laughs> you know, like, it would have been much easier to fake a death back then. It's almost just imagining hearing somebody propose this to me. It would be like, mm -hmm. you know, I really, how about, we let's do let's you instead. Like, I'd be more like, how about we fake let's your death you. instead? Uh-huh. Um, I like this idea except for the part where I'm where it's the you. dead one. Gotcha, like, gotcha. can we flip it? Maybe if you had something I really wanted to go do, you know? <laughs> like, oh, I'd really want to live this other life. Maybe, maybe. Um, so if I needed to start over. I needed a fresh start. <laughs> We've got a plan. Uh -huh. This is awful. Okay, anyway. All right. So his death chart, right away we see the moon back in Scorpio. Um, over, He had her lunar return. Um, coming in when he died. Death. Oh yeah, um, yeah. The South Node was back in uh, Libra, where his natal one is, and again, so the North Node is back in Aries, where his natal North Node was. So, oh man, just looking at all the things here. Um, the Sun was in Virgo. Um. Which is, what, what did he, what did Holmes have in Virgo again? Saturn. He had Saturn in Virgo. And didn't Venus too? Didn't mm -hmm. No, Taurus. Mm -hmm. That was Taurus. Sorry. Yeah. They both had Venus and Taurus. That's right. 
Um, but his north, the transit north node was right over his Jupiter, which was one of those big ties to him and Holmes energetically on their charts against each other. So I think having um, another indicator of that being the cause of his death is interesting. Um, his south node, or not his south node, but the transit south node um, being in Libra conjunct Mars and Lilith show that he was... <laughs> And, and Chiron was there, so it shows this uh, inability to um, fight for himself, self-empower himself, uh-huh. self-empower himself, empower himself out of the situation. So he was more vulnerable during the time of his um, murder um, physically and um, okay. psychologically too, but obviously he fell for this. Right. This is some pushover energy that we're... <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, easier to be manipulated. So yeah, um, he a little. I feel I feel for him, man. Um, Neptune was conjunct Pluto, um, conjunct his Ceres, so he might have been like, more susceptible to um, deceit uh, related to um, like his wife and things. People that yeah. really cared for him, his foundation for love, all of that nurturing. They really, um, they really, uh, it shows, it definitely shows that theme. These are long standing planets, you know, they move slowly. So this is, this shows this was not like an abrupt lie. This was like a lie that they were working on. Like mm-hmm. this was in works. This was, it had been in the process. Um, eh, mm. It's also conjunct his Mercury. Um, so a lot of like mental conversation and planning again with that being there. It's is all in Gemini. Um, trying to put through the faces that you need to kind of get yeah. further. Um, because like what was he supposed to even do while he was supposedly dead? You know what I mean? Like that's a part that isn't really addressed because obviously the plan didn't go how it was supposed to. <laughs> mm-hmm. But like what was the plan for him to just like go to a different city and lay low for a while and like wait for the money to come through? Like what well, he would have had to think about that. He would have mm-hmm. had to think and consider the personality he was gonna take on and like what mm-hmm. kind of alias he may have been, you know, supposed to use or whatever. So that's interesting to to throw in and mm-hmm. think about with that that Gemini energy. So, and Jupiter um, was conjunct his Saturn, and it was square his natal Jupiter, and square the Mars and Lilith on the South Node thing that I talked about. Um, so again, that shows a lot more loss of opportunity, conflict issues with opportunity issues with um, sticking up for himself and fighting back, fighting for himself. Um, <laughs> I know. I, uh. The sensory charts are like, they're just crazy when it's, it just, there's so much in the same spots because it's like all the returns for the you guys. It's, yeah, and in some of them. Yeah. It's wild to look at for me. Like, I'm still getting used to seeing two charts on top of each other. Let's see. Is there any, do we want to, hmm, is there anything else we want to look at? We can see Holmes on Benjamin's death day. So Holmes's natal chart overlaid with Benji's death. Benji. He killed him. 
Um, yeah, what do you see there? Anything so here out we right have away? um, I kind of I touched on this already with the a second ago, but the north node being over his Neptune and Aries, um, since they have a lot of that Aries connection. Let's see, Venus was over his moon and Jupiter, um, and the moon was square his natal moon. So we might, he might have had a little bit of um, internal, um, you know, heart space conflict if he experienced that, which it seems like he really didn't experience. I feel like if he Very, did. It, it would have been so minimal. It would have been. As these energies were coming up, but I think that they weren't, um, they weren't strong because it wasn't. I feel like it was more about losing his partner in crime. I don't think yeah. it was more, I don't think it was like what you're saying. Like, it's not like remorse and sadness. Right. It's like, it, it feels like a conflict of interest. Like, ah, mm -hmm. I really like, I'm going to kill him because mm -hmm. I'm, for whatever reason. Like, but what also, if I need him later? Yeah, also <laughs> he's been so useful. This is kind of a bummer mm -hmm. that I have to kill him. It's kind mm -hmm. of like, it doesn't, like you said, there's not emotional involvement. Yes. It's very logically based. Like, mm -hmm. oh, well, that was, now who's going to help me? Like, I relied a lot on this person. Mm -hmm. So this was, I did I just fuck myself over by getting my um, right hand kind of thing. That's mm. so, that's so interesting. I see that, that deceit thing I mentioned with um, Pluto and Neptune. Mm -hmm. um, I'm looking at that now and I see it over his palace and Uranus. Uh, so again, that deceit on top of his um, erratic, uh, critical thinking um him making those choices that are so unique to him <laughs> um i it's really it really shows how those things lined up with this trait of his and how he really flipped it on them and um wow sold them this idea and then we made a plan and then he had this other scheme going on just to do his own thing at the last minute and i almost wonder how if he planned it that whole time, or if it was yeah, just like at the last right. minute, he's like, actually, let's mm, do this. Because uh, I could see it going either way with this placement. That's so um, interesting. But you would need both of those skills to even do something like that. So it's, yeah. it, he'll hit the right part of the He track. always had like schemes on schemes. So he was the ultimate mm -hmm. con man. And he just, the more schemes he had wrapped into one, it seems like the more he enjoyed it. So, like, mm -hmm. almost Elaborate. like deception was part of, like, what made it so fun for him. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Jupiter was over his gross. Mars, so that aggressive thing, and um, it, it, it was an opportunity for him. It was an opportunity to grow. He had um, that hitting his chart. Let's see. Lilith was over his Pholus. Um... And in the same sign as his north node, um, so it was tied in with um, that feeling of empowering himself on this day would have been related to the feeling of his building his empire and moving forward. Um, also <sighs> to do with like, oh wow, I'm so extra at my Aquarius um, mentality of figuring these things out. So I... Uh, let's see. What else do I want to mention? Anything on here else? It was just it's so there's... gross. 
He was just so gross. Like, if the more I think about how much he enjoyed the elaborate scheme of it all, the mm-hmm. more I'm like, and the more so and more uncaring he became with um, that south node being Cancer and the north node being Capricorn, like moving away from that caring energy mm-hmm. more and more. So everybody was like disposable. Everybody was like a transaction, mm-hmm. almost like he just, yeah. Super, super gross. Anything else that you're saying that you want to talk about? Or are we mm-hmm. are we good? I think I think we're gonna call it for this guy. If you guys have any questions, let me know though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, reach out to us, interact with us. Um, definitely give us a like and rating and review and comments and subscriptions and follow all of the things. All of those things because wherever you are, one of them or more than one may apply. Um, <laughs> but yeah, please follow us. Please interact with us. We'd love to have you join our Patreon. Mm-hmm. We are continuing to come up with more ideas and more cool stuff to give you more behind the scenes access. Um, and let us know what you want to hear for season three. Uh, we still have one more episode of this season and it's going to be a big one. We're going to be doing something kind of extra. And very new, very big. Very again, different. we announced all this to Patreon. So you guys already know. Uh, but for everybody else, we're just giving you a little tease, <laughs> not a spoiler. If you want to find out, get on Patreon. Links are out. all in the description or on our link tree if you go to our Instagram. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. I think that's all we've got. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, thank you for returning. If you're a returning uh, listener, if you're new, welcome. We love you. We appreciate every single one of you. Continue to love so yourselves much. and chart all the bitches in your life. Goodbye. Goodbye.